Alright. You wanna you wanna say anything? Interject anything before we get started? Um no, I was just I'm I'm ready with my notes for after. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna try something new today. I wrote a new manifesto. We're gonna give it a quick read and then uh start the episode and uh discuss it a little bit. Here goes nothing. The Idealist Manifesto. Okay, so I've been thinking about the Hard Men podcast, because I think we're going to cover another episode of their bullshit next week, if not soon. And I've been thinking about that and some of the conversations I've been having outside of the podcast. And I want to play Devil's Advocate. For my ideological enemies, just for a sec, pretend, keyword pretend, that I'm a dumbass piece of shit. Because I'm going to say that it's easy to tear down other people's beliefs when you have none yourself. And I would agree this is true. It's in my nature to be critical and cynical. That said, I strongly believe all beliefs should be questioned critically. Socratic inquisition into ourselves and our world is a moral imperative. And while I do think people should be a bit more dead inside and believe in everything just a little bit less, there is some truth to the idea that When you stand for nothing, you fall for anything and everything. So with that in mind, I've been really trying to flesh out what exactly do I think is worth believing in. Emotionally, I identify with not believing in anything. But when I interrogate this belief of nothing, I often find some sort of Depressive, angry, confused nihilism. In some ways, it's the wrong idea for the most right reasons. It's hard to believe in people. People die, places decay, and ideas can corrupt. The definition of faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. I think having complete faith in anything is the result of ego. To think that there isn't ever a small chance you could be wrong about something is just foolish. Faith is a disease of ignorance. To hold eclipsing belief in good things or even good people will only mislead and disappoint. This is not to say that some people don't deserve to be believed in but more that your belief in a person should never be outright, but instead always conditional. But I might circle back to that in a bit. If we believe in nothing, if all people, places, things, ideas, entire philosophies, psychologies, political parties, histories, institutions, if they're all ruled out, what the fuck do we have left? 
We always have ourselves. And most of the time, that should be enough. But some days, even an iron will is fragile. And as an advocate of self-trust and belief, I still would feel dishonest to say that belief in ourselves is always enough all of the time. We've spoken at length about the importance of self-belief, being your own God and master. I believe this to be paramount, and it should always be our first principle, the keystone to existing as a strange creature in this weird world. But I want to set that aside for now and really address what else is worth believing in that is outside of our own minds and bodies. As much as I choose to believe in myself, ultimately, I know that that alone is not always enough. When we are lucky, we have other people, people that seemingly believe in us and us of them. It is a rare and beautiful thing to truly be understood and believed in. It requires consideration, admiration, and most importantly, trust. But what degree of trust is required to truly believe in a person? Should we ever truly trust a person outright? Do we trust their thoughts and feelings or their actions towards us in the world? What if they commit a heinous crime or betray us in our time of need? Your fate shouldn't ever be left in the hands of another when it can be avoided. But now, I can no longer believe in both myself and others. So we search for special places, a bench in the backyard or our favorite park. When our appendix burst, we speed to the nearest emergency room. In moments of weakness, some people end up crawling to the candlelit church of their youth. History tells us no place is forever, but our mere eyes prove it obvious. Your backyard might become a parking lot and your favorite park a skyscraper. The emergency room lost power in the earthquake and the cathedral ceiling crumbled and killed the fools praying on their knees. No place is special. No temple worthy enough of our deepest belief. Now we no longer have people or places. What about things? After all, guns and gold are shiny. You may be tempted to grasp for something physical as a last resort. The potency of drugs has commanded the respect of many and always will. These chemicals offer us wings, but they tear away the skies. Besides the greedy tend only to leave the world more cluttered as they grow jaded and tired of their toys. Still, the physicalists may indeed be those who inherit the earth, but what a hellscape it will be. People, places, and things, all dead, undeserving. The more I think about this, looking for something worth believing in, I keep coming back to ideas. In theory, I believe in many ideas. Personal ideas, like self-trust, self-discipline, or even the idea of valuing trustworthy friends. I believe political ideas, like free healthcare or freedom of speech. I believe in philosophical ideas, 
like Socratic questioning, the Time Star Manifesto, and even the Dirtball Theory. And equally as important to believing in things, I have a lack of belief in silly ideas. For example, believing in a god. For such a pathetic idea of a creature, I will not offer another ounce of thought into dispelling. But when I rip apart these ideas, I have doubts. I don't truly believe to the level of faith in any of the above. I don't want to have complete faith in these things. I want to believe in nothing. Sometimes it feels good being lost. But more, I want what is most true. People, places, things, all dead. Ideas, I'm not so sure. Ideas often fail, corrupt, or abandon. There are flaws. But what of the idea of perfection? The perfect idea. Perfect people. Perfect places. Perfect things. Perfect ideas. Idealism. Perfection. But before perfection, I want to revisit an idea. Free healthcare. An idea believed in by the compassionate and hypocritically denied by religious Republicans. It serves as a litmus test today. Are you a caring person, willing to sacrifice a small percentage of your money for the health and well-being of others? Or are you a greedy, callous piece of shit? who doesn't care about their fellow citizens? It seems like an easy question, and most people immediately know which side they believe in. And thus, many compassionate people believe in free healthcare. But what is at the core of this belief? When asked what we believe in, is the party line all that we really have to offer? Do we truly believe in it fully? What if we were able to offer compassionate health care another way? What if everyone had to pay one single dollar? What if we collectively shared medical bills by groups like zip code? What if the cold, callous, rich people actually donated enough money to cover all the poor people's bills? What if science and human ingenuity invented a solution? A magic pill we could concoct with simple household supplies. Let's say it could cure us of all abnormalities and illnesses. Would you still truly believe in nationwide socialized health care? The means is not the end. And in the end, all that would have mattered is the ideal of compassion, not the specific health care system that offered it. If we remove ourselves from this world, inside a black room floating in space, do we believe in healthcare or compassion? In this twilight of my reflection, (laughs) I think I see some daylight. People, places, things, all dead. And the average idea falls between a mere muse and a useful tool. Science, psychology, philosophy offer us answers, but don't truly help us use them. What I am left with, what I offer is idealism. 
the idealism of ideals. Compassion, discipline, strength, loyalty, trust, truth, justice, honesty, balance, perseverance, and all of the other cliches. They don't take anything from me. They don't betray me or my integrity. If anything, I betray them while they offer me a path through the maze. While we may still make wrong turns and meet dead ends, our idealist ideals can make this weird world worth navigating. I can believe in these, even though I may want something more. Our ideals can be enough. Welcome to the Trash Cats Trash Cast. I'm Richard. I'm Steven. And today, we're going to find something to believe in. Hell yeah, it's about damn time. Because the world's so fucking bleak and empty. Honestly, th- this is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got so deep into all this biblical masculinity shit. And I just keep thinking about, what a fucking loser <laughs> this dude Eric Kahn has to be. But I've been thinking about war tactics, and uh, one of the easy criticisms losers like Eric Kahn tend to use is that people like us, we don't believe in anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been contemplating this, and we have such a good offense against the biblical masculinity, but I, I want a good defense too. So I've been thinking about what should we believe in? What are, what are things are actually worth believing in? I mean, we've talked about all the big all hits. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anti-theism, anti-natalism, nihilism. But I want things I feel like I can truly believe in, especially when I feel like there's nothing. Yeah. But first, let's kick it off with a good old, how was your week? Um, it's been good. Um Work's slowing down, so it's nice. I've been having some more free time to do some shit at home. Um, it's been nice being able to kind of kick it for a little bit. So, Hell yeah. Been very chill. How about yourself? It has been chill, especially now that it's fall. Yeah. All these pretty leaves outside. Not that I've been outside to see them. <laughs> Honestly, my week's been kind of <laughs> absolute trash. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just frustrated with life and i'm stuck on some things creatively Mm -hmm. but right before recording i did eat a big ass bag of frozen fruit oh yeah in a hot shower and that was pretty satisfying that was a a new combo unlock for me that's like uh that's like the sober uh, shower beer yeah it's pretty satisfying (laughs) i'm always gonna cherish my acid pomegranates though those are special sober the, the frozen fruit in the shower is pretty Acid good. pomegranates. Dude, it's like eating a ghost's heart. It's a spiritual journey. All the pomegranate seeds, they're so surreal. that There's so much of it. It takes like an hour to eat. It's crazy. <laughs> 
by the time you finish it, you're in such a weird space covered in the pomegranate blood. That's what we all want when we're tripping balls. Absolutely. <laughs> by the time you finish it, it feels like you ate Christ himself. Yeah, man. Every week you eat the, uh, do they do that every week? Yeah. 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 The uh, transubstantiation. Mm-hmm. Not all Christians literally believe the Eucharist transubstantiates into literal blood and flesh, but Catholics are so fucking stupid, they actually think it's true. Yeah, you're literally admitting to weekly cannibalism. They have to say it. That you, that you have intent to commit cannibalism on a weekly basis. They're an actual death cult of cannibals. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Yeah. So, let's think about things worth believing in. And one of the first things that comes to mind is death, Right. Mm-hmm. Memento Mori. <laughs> Mementos went on Mari. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like that's a a cheesy goth kid kind of thing. But it kind of stands, right? Yeah. I feel like it has to. Like, if I had to pick primary principal beliefs, it would be myself and then death. Th- those are two truths you can get behind. Yeah. Pretty easily. But they don't always offer that much yeah so i kind of went into a defensive spiral of like hey if i want to have these authentic and potentially aggressive conversations about beliefs i need to establish my beliefs as well Mm -hmm. i've always known what's true or not for myself but i haven't always had a way to organize it And I remember showing you way back in the day, fucking Destiny, my debate bro, he wrote out his life philosophy early into his debate career, and it's actually really strong and undervalued, I think. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a humanism type thing, which is actually something I want to cover on here with you as well, the um, humanist manifestos there's been a a series of documents two or three but i've heard the second one specifically is uh really strong but it's um this humanist manifesto Mm -hmm. it's a document about that establishes basic human beliefs rights that that type of thing how people how all people should be treated with respect and a lot of prominent modern philosophy people, people like Matt Dillahunty, who's a modern atheist speaker and debater, have signed on to it. And I I think it's pretty good. I'd like to read that with you as well. But yeah, all, all of that to say, I just felt the need to try to get some of my beliefs figured out with pen and paper, to kind of flesh these things out and try to figure out exactly what I do and don't believe. And I think that's really important. Despite all of my flaws, I think it matters that people know what they believe in. And I know I know it's very amateur trash philosophy, but <laughs> trash philosophy is kind of our brand. And I want I want more amateur or trash philosophy to exist. I want people to write their beliefs, even if they're not good writers, even if it's not 
great philosophy. I want to know what random people think. I want to know what the bus driver thinks. Yeah. I want to know what the drywaller thinks. I want to know what my local politicians actually believe. I think it matters. Not not just because I want their perspectives, but because I can learn things about or from them. I mean, that, that can plus mine. You yeah, you know through that kind of introspection that when you're forced to put it to physical words, it's it really makes you kind of clarify in your own mind like okay, this is this is how I feel. Uh, and you kind of question yourself a little bit through it too. Like, is this accurate? Is this, you know, really portray me how I truly am and how I truly think? Um, so by, you know, challenging people to, yeah, like write it down or like, you know, f- figure it out. Like that's, it's not as simple as just, you know, most people don't have the elevator pitch in their head of what, what their full beliefs. Wouldn't it be are. sad to live your entire life and never have a concrete idea of what you believe in? It's the one thing, the one thing that religious losers or biblical masculinity fucks have over over non-believers is that they have established beliefs. Yeah, and that's something that just because a person doesn't believe in other people's dumb shit doesn't mean. They can't more formally establish their their beliefs themselves. Yeah. I just want to, I don't know, do my little part in normalizing, expressing or writing our, our deepest beliefs, despite how trashy they may or may not be. <laughs> I'm glad people like Sam Harris, Matt Dillahunty, Christopher Hitchens, whoever the fuck, that they speak and publish their ideas. I'm even fucking happy for Ben Shapiro to spout off his dumbass shit. Even <laughs> as much as I fucking hate him, Eric Kahn, I'm glad he puts out his dumbass beliefs into the world. But more than that, I want as many people as possible to put out their beliefs into the world. And I want to hear and I want to read all of it. Yeah. Because there's something too having established beliefs. And I think a lot of people who are similar to us, intuitively or internally, subjectively, we we know what we do and don't believe on a day-to-day basis, but we don't have it formally established. Yeah, We see the hypocrisy of people that break their belief systems constantly. The easiest one is the Christian who believes in the death penalty. The the religious person that endorses war. Like these things are hypocritical because they're declaring their primary belief system to be one thing, but all their downstream choices do not align. And I don't want to make the same mistakes in a different way. I want to know exactly what I believe and why, even if it is abstract. It it really it makes me think of um, the episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia where – Mac is arguing the point that they're 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 accused. Science is a liar sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, well, he was uh, the what what came to or what what brought it to that was uh, they were accusing him of believing that he could you know if he found the right person to mate with that they could produce um, superhuman type people with you know the perfect genetics or whatever <laughs> and he 
finally came down to like, of course, I don't believe in that. That's crazy. Like, and, and they were like, but wait, 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 why don't you believe in that? It's like, cause evolution's not real. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you were right there. You were right on the cusp. Like if you, you, you thought you could come up, you know, you, you were on the right path of this is a crazy and ludicrous idea. And then like, but why do you think it's a crazy and ludicrous idea? <laughs> And because you're a, you have some other wild idea. I have this stupid ongoing joke with Sarah that anytime she says something like a little hypocritic-y or, or whatever, I use a really pretentious voice and say, you must ground your moral axiom. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I'm sure she loves that. <laughs> I'm sure that doesn't get old at all. <laughs> nope, not at all. So, so I wrote this. This thing, I, I think the working title is going to be The Idealist Manifesto. I know, it's very cringe, very cheesy, <laughs> but hopefully it sounds all right. So let's pretend I just read it. Ricky's going to give a litter critique, yeah. even if it's a, a rough one. Hell yeah. It's a jumping off point, so let's just go from there. Go ahead, kick it off. All right, now pretend the crowd just went wild. They're clapping, cheering. They love the manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's uh, either crying or collapsed in epileptic uh, um, <laughs> little fit seizures on the floor. Yeah, they've they've learned. They know too much. Dude, there's nothing better than an epileptic just shaking one out, you know? <laughs> It looks so free. <laughs> just, just setting, just setting the vibe, you know. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's like when a dog shakes after a bath. They just keep going. You can just <laughs> tell they feel so refreshed. You know, if you <laughs> if you prop them up, it's like they're doing the doggy. You know. <laughs> Here's the thing. I've been working as a medical coder for a couple years now, and something I can tell you is about seventy five percent of seizures are from motherfuckers not taking their meds. Oh, they didn't take their anticonvulsants because they wanted to drink. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's, it's a thing that you can't mix the anticonvulsants with alcohol. So a ton of people end up not taking them so they can drink it. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> oh, I want to have one more twink. And then they seize up. <laughs> you know? Fucking epileptic. <laughs> It's important to have a podcast to, you know, state your hard-hitting opinions. <laughs> now that we've slandered people with uh, epilepsy, what do you think? What do you believe in? How did it hit? I, I want to start off with the, the, the one of the first points you addressed. The, it's easy to tear down someone's beliefs when you have none yourself. Yeah. And I, like you do hear that a lot. And I feel like that's such a reductive – that shows so much – ignorance on the part of the person saying that do you know when, when someone's like accusing someone else of having no not believing in anything it's it's pretty immature it, yeah <laughs> you know the the idea of like like oh i don't believe in god so i don't believe in anything it's like no of course that's not true <laughs> like everyone has something like even like the i think the ideal of like nihilism it's there's a romanticism to it but it's mm. it's it's not a way to live like it's just such a wild, like it. It almost seems like uh, um, a reaching enlightenment if, in a way of like, 
Like I don't, I don't care about it. I don't believe in anything. None of this even matters. None of it's real and whatever, like to not give a shit about anything that sucks. And that's some of what inspired this is I, I really identify with feeling like I don't believe in anything really more than most people. And here's kind of the caveat on nihilism is that it kind of blends into absurdism. And there's so many different ideas or versions of what that could mean that it doesn't really tell you that much about a person. Mm -hmm. As immature as the, oh, you don't believe in anything, so you can just tear down whatever dumbass shit I believe in. (laughs) As immature as that is, I do think there is something to having established beliefs. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's true. Like if you you are, I mean, even if you just put it in the way of if you don't believe in this one thing, then it's easy to tear it down. It's like if you have a faith-based system, something that you you know have to believe in to make it work, especially that you know when you don't believe in you know pixies and fairies in the garden, like obviously you're going to look at anyone else who someone else that thinks that, and you're going to say, well, why? Like that's fucking that's crazy. You can like look and see. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like that. Why? Why? There's no evidence. There's nothing. There's no logical component. There's no, uh, um, you know, observable nature of, of saying that. I got my Jesus, which is why I know your Muhammad is a real jackass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what a, a false prophet over here. You know, and I, I really do. I feel like that's – there is something to be said with that, but I feel like – the position itself comes from ignorance. Yeah, I, I think most people, it's not that they can't, it's just they haven't taken the time to articulate it. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their their core beliefs, yeah. but I think it's important to be able to to call upon those, to, to know what they are at will, without hesitation or confusion, to state clearly and simply, opposed to just figuring out shit on the fly, because all your decisions in your daily life are downstream from those core beliefs mm-hmm. i've spent a lot of time throughout my life trying to write these type of things because i think it matters i i, I do want to go back because you said you identify as believing in nothing yeah. and i'm going to use the uh the the mega crowd argument of you know you identify as that but truly <laughs> you do believe in some things you know like like you even said like the compassion discipline loyalty Myself, you know death. honesty yeah exactly there there are things and you can relate that to you know this is just the core like there's nothing beyond that maybe but like there doesn't have to be but you those are still beliefs and even if they Come and go. And like you said something else I really liked, which was that um, believing in something should be uh, conditional or something along those lines. Believing in other people should. Yeah, other people especially. Yeah. Um, you know, but like in in anything at all, like if if you believe in something and the conditions change, if if there's, you know, when you believe in, hey, this is how we think the universe was formed and you, you know, whatever, when they find new evidence that, you know, says that it happened a different way, then you change your, you change your, your, I guess it's not really a belief. That's not, that's the bad example, but you, you know, you can 
change your mind and change the way you feel and think and how much faith and trust you put into something with new evidence and new um, conditions that are, you know, forced upon you by the beliefs you already had. Yeah. Like, especially with people where it's like, personally, I've battled with trust of like, I, I know that I give trust very easily and I've gone through phases of my life where I've you know, struggle with that or like worried a lot about that of like, I shouldn't be as trusting. And then, but it feels, it feels dishonest to myself to be that way. It, it forces me to make decisions and act in ways that I don't feel are authentic to me. Um, not all the time, it's just in extreme circumstances, but mm-hmm. I feel like I'm comfortable with the idea of that, like trust for me with other people, it's easily given, but it's also easily revoked. I it's I'm I'm very, you know, quick to pull that back, maybe not all the way, but you know, when I see patterns of stuff that's like maybe not even bad, just like I don't know, unreliability kind of shit like that, like I it's really easy for me to pull that back and to not put as much you know, faith into someone else. Yeah, I was just watching. It was their second debate, but it was Bill Nye, the science guy, and Ken Ham, who, if you're not familiar, I'm not sure if he's the the owner or what, whatever, but he's one of the lead guys of the Creationist Museum, that fake Noah's a, Ark. A literal Ken Ham. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's them walking through the arc together as they debate. I've actually seen this. It's such a great debate, dude. Yeah. And about 15 minutes in, somebody had to literally call the sheriff because Bill Nye was slaughtering this motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) It was a murder. But it's so funny, dude. I happened to see one of my cousins in the video. He walks up and shakes Bill Nye's hand. (laughs) He's like uh, an atheist spokesperson in Kentucky, so shout out to Cousin Jimmy. <laughs> what up, Jimmy? But uh, <laughs> one of the disagreements in their debate that they're going back and forth on is that science can be wrong sometimes, but there's a system built in to navigate that, to determine what's true and not true. Yeah. So we can get to the best, most truest answer. Well, all this dumbass loser creationist has is an old fucking book. And he's just stuck in his dumbass beliefs forever. Yeah. And that's so pathetic. It's like the entire system of science isn't to be right all the time. It's right based on what we know. What we got. Right based on what we see. Yeah. And it's like when we have, when new shit comes up, then yeah, we change it. And it's like, that's that's the new shit now. But also that's that's fully up to scrutiny. Let, let me ask this. I had this dumb belief when I was younger, that the moon wasn't real. It was just a mural painted on. And I didn't really believe it. <laughs> but I, I could argue it forever. I could argue it for days. It's a, it's a fun idea. If you if you want to yeah. get into it, like that's a... It felt good. You know, all the, all the windows that opens up. It felt good to pretend <laughs> I believe it or whatever. But But as an adult, I still don't really consider science to be a part of my core beliefs 
but I trust science. I believe in science. I'm a big science stan. I'm a big nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if I'm in that black room floating in space, science isn't going to be what I really believe in. It's not going to be one of my core beliefs. Mm. Sci- science changes. It evolves. I believe in it, but it's not, it's not part of what's most true to me. What I feel inside is much more real to me mm-hmm. than science can ever be. Yeah. For so many people, it really is their North Star. And there's nothing wrong with that. If anything, those people are typically very good, intelligent people. But for me, it's just typically not a core belief. Well, you know, and that's that's I would argue that's the wonderful thing about science is it's it's not it it's not a belief system. It's not a belief. It's this it is, is ob- this is observable behavior. It's not saying that this is correct and this is how it is. It's like this is what we see and this is what we're going on. To a lot of people, it is their belief system. Well, that's that's a bad way to look at science. <laughs> well, I don't think it's how they look at science, but it's how they live, right? If, if you say like I, you know, approach things in life with the scientific method, I, I mean, honestly, I think that's a, a good way to work. Well, that would kind of be what I'm saying, but that that might be a better way to say it. But yeah, I, I don't, you know, if you're saying that it's a it's a belief system, like that contradicts the entire point of science. But well, that that's beside that's beside the point I think that you're trying to make. Yeah, my point is that someone who is living through the lens of the scientific method, mm-hmm. trusting in science and true, observable, researchable, provable mathematics and data that. There's a ton of people that that's effectively their belief system. I mean, like I said, I I think it's I think it's weird to call it a belief system. You know what I'm saying? There's a ton of scientists who would say I kind of I kind of they don't, believe though. in science. Well, yeah, they, I believe they might not call it their belief system, but it effectively I believe is. in the 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 effectiveness of the scientific method. I will say that. Then you could but, say that's a belief system, and there's probably a ton of science nerds who would right. I guess so, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of goofy, but to science people, especially the ones that don't believe in religion, I'm sure we could find a ton of scientists that say science effectively operates as their belief system. Same with mathematics. I'm Mm -hmm. sure any mathematician is pretty tempted to say they believe in math and that that is part of their worldview. All them them damn numbers and shit. What was the, was it synesthesia where people would like see numbers and shit like that? That guy that turned into a mathematical genius. Yeah, yeah. I still follow him on Instagram and I can't tell if he's a fraud or not. (laughs) (laughs) There's been no evidence that he is a fraud and he keeps submitting mathematical papers i can't remember if he got hit in the head or what but one day he he all of a sudden had synesthesia yeah that he could see the mathematical relationships of things visually so he could like look around a room and instantly know angles measurements spatial relationships that kind of thing so he would make this geometric trippy art which is kind of where we found him and it was interesting, but I didn't like it at all. Yeah. <laughs> but he loved it, and he claimed his art represented some sort of mathematical truth. And he would write conceptual meta-mathematical papers and submit them to different scientific journals. Mm-hmm. But I don't know any smarter mathematicians to tell me 
if any of it was real. <laughs> yeah, is this is this guy fucked or what? <laughs> like he's had film crews interview him and he's been featured on random websites, but he has like 70 followers on Instagram. How do you tell if someone like that is legit or not? It's just so strange. It's interesting. There's not a lot of uh influencer type math mathematicians on uh, that we can reach out to that are constantly offering their opinions do you remember that blind photographer yes (laughs) that facebook page i sent that dude a message when we recorded our episode and i said like hey if you're interested we could interview you for our podcast i thought that would be cool as fuck right yeah nine months later i get a message back (laughs) Now, keep in mind, I'm messaging a blind photographer that's probably 60 years old. (laughs) Nine months later, I get a Facebook message back, and this person says, Hey, sorry I'm so behind. I live in, they said Sweden or some shit. Mm -hmm. But that, (laughs) they said, I'm not actually the photographer. This is actually a fan page. And I no longer want to run the fan page. Would you like to take over the account? <laughs> it was like, just. <laughs> I just thought it was the funniest shit ever. He was <laughs> just promoting Trash Cats episode on this yeah, game. He's like, it's followers. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. I would have loved to have talked to the guy, too. <laughs> I would have had some interesting questions for him. I do have a question for you. Go for it. Um, And you made it sound, and I, I forget exactly the, the thing that you said, um, but the the way it was kind of, the way I heard it was that sound like you didn't want to commit to a full belief, like... Like you, you know, you want to be, you want to be believing in nothing, but yeah, like if it's came across as like you don't want to like put all your eggs in the basket of something enough that you can say I believe in this. Yeah, um, and I, I feel like like that's relatable, but it's like it's like not getting on a boat if you're like in you're like you know treading water, you're out in the sea, and you're you're okay for a minute like you're 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 comfortable enough it would be a lot better if you were in a boat but a boat comes by and you're like ah that boat might sink though and then i'm just going to be back here in the water yeah so i'll just stay here so you're just treading water i i feel like it, you know not not pointing directly at you but i feel like the the approach of Doing that of like of you know nihilism almost, but you know, I guess nihilism isn't like looking for something. Mm-hmm. Um, the approach of not choosing to not commit to something feels like that to me. Of like I'm not going to take the life raft because what if what if the life raft you know it has uh, holes in it. you know kept <laughs> hole in it? Yeah, and it's like what if what if later I change my you know what if later this doesn't work out for me? Yeah. And it's like you can you can you know then you're you haven't lost anything really. You you might have gained something but you lost that same thing so it's you know you adapt to it whatever. You 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 know fix the boat, you know whatever. I think there are there are metaphors on metaphors to be used there but I feel like that that's kind of the way I heard it and 
from that, from that thought, um, we've mentioned many times the, I feel like the way you, uh, um, approach a lot of ideologies is, I was going to say extremism, but that's not the right word through, you know, almost hyperbole of absolutes. Yeah. Absolutes. And I'm, I'm curious if that is, if part of that stems from, um, your past, uh, experiences with having a belief system that was so integral to, you know, like who you are as a person and it being pulled from you. If you're, you know, like you're wading in the water because you're, you don't want to, you know, hop on the boat of, of something is because you've been, you know, you were on a boat before and it, you know, it went really bad for you. So I would, that's just undeniably true. Even if I don't want it to be, that is true. Having the idea of God taken from me, mm-hmm. I feel like is truly the biggest betrayal in my life. I feel, I was actually thinking about this as I was writing for the episode, and I, I totally forgive my parents. That took, yeah, that took a while a lot of immaturity or whatever. I'm cool with that now, but I'm not cool with, I'm not cool with the idea of a God being forced upon me. Yeah. Only to be taken away. I feel like that is a form of child abuse. It seems so dramatic or whatever, but I really feel like it is such a cruel thing. I probably don't understand things as good as I should, but I spent a lot of time trying to study other religions and philosophies, and there's a ton of things I identify with in traditional atheism, Satanism, nihilism, Nietzsche. Nietzsche's always been one of my favorites. Thus spoke Zarathustra greatly affected my life, despite their not always being a clear-cut belief system being laid out. (laughs) That book effectively was my belief system at one point in time. And that's a very abstract thing. Mm -hmm. But I've never... I've never wanted to commit to a specific thing simply because there's no benefit in doing so. It's like art. Pulling things from everything is better more effective, more interesting, and typically more true. Certainly more true than nailing yourself to the door of one church or another. And it seems so silly, too, but... (sighs) So the life raft. I think people choose not to pick. People don't want to pick the wrong life raft. There could be a hole in it. So instead, they just float. I think, generally, lost people like being lost. There's freedom in not picking. And I think picking the wrong raft 
often leads people astray and left with a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. I think to some extent, we have a limited amount of times we can pick the wrong things to believe in. If you think of the people that church hop or join 10 different cults, or they bounce around from prophet to prophet or guru to guru, those people are fucked. Yeah, yeah, that shit's wild. I think realistically, you have three chances in your life. If you're going to choose not to be lost, realistically, you might only have like three good chances to pick what you believe. And after that, you're just spun. You're just fucked. I think there is, <clears throat> there's a, uh, um, if we're going to continue this metaphor, there is a way of approaching the situation that I feel like could be good. Um, again, following the metaphor, if you're out, if you're just comfortable floating, you know, is it, would it be worthwhile to climb aboard a boat? Knowing that you have the intention to jump ship later, knowing that you have the intention to come in, see what they got going over here, and then, you know, okay, I see that, and now I'm 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 gone. That's what a ton of people do, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that's the – I mean, if you look at it in the way of like, okay, I'm going to – I don't think it's good, though. I, yeah. Think about – um. Uh, a random coworker who's trying to figure out, like, they started reading the Bible again, yeah, and they're not sure should they pick the non-denominational or should they pick the Catholic one, yeah, <laughs> and and it's like they bounce around a couple times, and I feel like you you just like it. It's good to explore what you believe, but by actually choosing and joining the cults joining the belief systems. Yeah. I feel like you, like, what I liked about my belief system, idealism, actual belief in ideals, it's perfect. There's no point in believing in something that's not perfect. That's my absolutism. That's my idealism. What's the point in believing in something that's flawed, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like, believing in ideals... It takes nothing from me. It doesn't take my intellectual integrity. It doesn't take my money. It doesn't take my emotional belief, whatever. But joining different death cults, each time, you part of you is being stolen from. Yeah. And some people can grow that shit back, regenerate, and get closer to the truth. But I think for a lot of people, it just robs you of shit yeah it it takes away your agency that's i mean that's why they end up hop you know some people end up hopping from one to another is it's they've lost a certain amount of independence or ability to be you know without something like that even if we get real literal someone who believes in the holy trinity god would be perfect the holy ghost the holy spirit doesn't exist, but they believe he's perfect. And you got this weird, ugly appendage called Jesus, right? And he's part man, part God. So that means he's half flawed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which means 
one-sixth of God is flawed, ugly bullshit. <laughs> what percentage is one-sixth? That's um, point, I suck at uh, one, five, one, one, five point six repeating. This is why I don't believe in math. <laughs> <laughs> My point being, let's say the church, whatever Christian bullshit, let's say the vast percentage of it is all perfect, but you admittedly are believing at least that 15, 20, whatever percent is flawed as fuck. It's ugly and human. Why the fuck would you pick your belief system if it is that percentage flawed? This is an abstract representation, but even if you pretend everything else is perfect, you're still believing in something that is 20% bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. I don't want my life raft to be 20% whole. You know, that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, I like those odds, you know. <laughs> says, uh, hey, buddy, you know, that's you one odds. You got, yeah, you got an 80% chance of winning the lottery. You know, that's, uh, that's not a bad. I wouldn't even put those odds in the pony. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> clean up at the dog track with your faith in God. <laughs> Jesus can only outrun the Greyhounds 80% of the time. Yeah, he's out. <laughs> oh, man. So, I don't know. The meta meta. I was tempted, but I didn't even want to go this far writing. But even the idealism of ideals is still bullshit. Because you shouldn't believe in the ideals but instead the effective actions Mm -hmm. of the ideals. So then you're believing in the actual actions resulting from ideals. So you don't believe in compassion, but instead actions of compassion. What the person actually does with it, which is more accurate, but a little too meta-ethic-y for me, because meta-ethics is all bullshit, so... (laughs) Isn't it all? Yeah, it is. That's that's what philosophy's all about. I <laughs> I am so strongly emotionally far more than anything I wrote today. I feel the not believing in anything. And that might just be my brain chemistry fighting me or whatever, but I feel that. And I think there's a I think there's a lot of other people that do too. And I think even just offering like, yo, it's cool to feel that way. But even being able to just grab onto something like, yo, do you at least (laughs) believe in being nice? Do you believe in being strong or being honest? Whatever the fuck it is. That's something. So the, the, you know. The trust, the the honesty, loyalty thing, like those are, those are really strong. Those are hard to like be to be an independent and like I don't know, strong willed individual, and not place those those kind of components of social interaction at a you know on a pedestal. It's hard to get by without those. It's hard to get by even if it's like 
I don't know. You don't have to be freely giving with trust, but like understanding that, you know, having someone that you can, I don't know, trust more than others, maybe that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Understanding that idea and making it a component of your life is, I don't know. That's, that's a strong one. Yeah. And there's still, still subjective. There's wiggle room. Yeah. I really like the other core ideas I really like are the be your own master, death, idealism. I guess those would be my top three. And then like general philosophy. I do do believe in eye for an eye to some extent, but that would all be downstream. I think the next thing would be, I I forget who said it. Um, Fuck, I'm blanking. Uh, not Crowley. Ooh. Was it Crowley? All the sex magic, love is the law. Um, that is um, that is Crowley. Do what thou will yeah, with the whole the law. Will. Love is the law. Love under will. I mean, that's great. It's so abstract, similar to Nietzsche, but create, destroy, overcome, which effectively covers all your bases. Yeah, which means much more to me. So, own God, own master. Death, idealism, create, destroy, overcome, and do what thou will with the splash of an eye for an eye. I mean- <laughs> Six simple rules for angry people. Is, is, is eye for an eye, I feel like that's a derivative bit from, uh, but could be called justice. For me, it would be a downstream result of ideals. Yeah. It's like justice can mean so many things. Justice can can mean whatever you feel it is. Exactly. But. Exactly. And everyone gets to pick their own ideals too. Like I, I wrote this to be inclusive of everything, I believe. Period. So even your own God, your own master, even death, those can all be the idealistic ideals. I was just trying to think of other um I I don't think I believe in an eye for an eye at its most raw, but I do believe in repercussion. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important. We have this bad aversion to deserved violence that I think has withered away with the modernity that I think deserves more of a place in our world. Don't you think there should be a little bit more violence? Just a little something? A little dash? Just a little smidge? I don't know. It's it's hard to say that there's... I think, I think what you're saying is there should be more of a certain type of violence. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Man, how much of this Israel-Palestine? You're going to lose people just saying the world needs more violence. <laughs> Let's just make it spicier. We're at like a three out of six on the curry scale. Yeah, not, notch it up a little bit. So how much of this Israel-Palestine shit have you watched? Dude, barely anything. I'm... <sighs> Dude, I saw some shit today that was spooky fucking dark you want to talk about it not really (laughs) but it's definitely going to stick with me for a bit Mm -hmm. here's the hot take oh man i've been thinking about this all week islam is trash and judaism is garbage it's all just violent extremism and hypocritical bullshit it's truly sad what's happening to all the good people caught in between all these maniacs but people are really 
losing perspective over the whole thing. Yeah. How the fuck are people defending all this shit? Yeah. We don't have to be fucking idiots, too. We can condemn both sides. I think there's there's like um this weird thing that we've kind of fallen, the pattern we've fallen into of like, oh, there's a conflict going on somewhere. We have to pick a side. I know. It's like, no, like they can both be wrong. They can both, <laughs> they can, they can be fucked up shit going on in both camps. And, and that's like, yeah. And I was just saying, I believe in some eye for an eye shit, yeah. <laughs> but I want to be the peace broker. Mm-hmm. When it comes to personal wrongs, like someone fucks you up, you have every right to fuck that person up back. I really believe that. But I you, think you, I really believe that. And I think it should be much more acceptable. What I think should be less acceptable is the escalation of violence. If we look at these two countries, they have been killing each other forever. The way I started kind of thinking about this because of my job is like You have someone with bone disorders showing up to your hospital. Mm -hmm. They have eight crumbled fucking discs in their back. They're fucked up. They can hardly walk. They need Dilaudid and morphine shots, whatever the fuck, Mm -hmm. just to maybe be able to walk and get out of the hospital for a few days before they're right back there. When that person comes to the emergency room as a medical coder, you code chronic pain. They say their back hurts, it's because of their chronic condition, you code chronic pain, ICD-10, G8929, instead of the actual condition itself. Mm -hmm. It's kind of obscure, Yeah. but let's say they have a fall that day instead. They snap their fucking spine directly in half, but they still have this pre-existing chronic pain. When they come to the emergency room, you both code and treat the acute pain first. We have to try to mend the spine, and then you can worry about the rest of their chronic pain syndrome. Yeah. It's just like cancer. You got to get rid of the malignant tumor first. We can say that both of these places, both of these countries, let's be generous and say they're both terrible, horrible places. Whatever. I don't give a shit. (laughs) But you have to condemn and solve the acute violence before you can ever hope to approach the generations of chronic wars. There's just no chance for anything else. I'm, I'm calling it now. The Biden, Mr. Uh, Joseph Gordon Biden, get fucking Stephen out here to arbitrate. Dude, if I was there in five minutes, we'd have a season. <laughs> All right, Trump. No <laughs> problem. It would be so easy. So easy. We'd smoke a... <laughs> <laughs> We'd smoke a little peace pipe, maybe a little opium. <laughs> you go over there like, this is a real American custom. <laughs> Dude, we'd have that shit solved in no time. We'd be eating baklava, smoking hookah. We'd be good, bro. It's like, no more iron dome. It's like, let, that gaga wouldn't be so zaza. <laughs> Let's, uh, you know, let's put the differences aside and figure out what we have in common, you know. <laughs> Both of us, you know, we, we, we don't like ham. Like, we have that. <laughs> it's 
stupid pigs. We cool, bro. Yeah, we're like we let's pick our real enemy. It's the ham industry. Just unite them again. It's so wild right now. We have three separate potential conflicts going on right now. We could end up in Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan all at the same time, depending on how this shit shakes out. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's not for good or bad reason, but being spread so thin like that over indirect conflicts is a wildly vulnerable position to be in. Russia fucking with shit. China's a menace. America can't do everything. Mm-hmm. And even assuming the best of intentions, it certainly can't do everything right. Mm-hmm. It's just fucking wild. Yeah. But yeah, videos coming out of Israel, Palestine are dark. Super fucked. It, it's, it's all fucked. Anyone yeah. defending the violence is fucked. Bad situations. Yeah. It's because they believe so much dumbass shit, bro. All their primary beliefs are fucked. So all their downstream actions yeah. are garbage. <laughs> their, their axioms are so ungrounded. Yeah. So stupid. <laughs> Fighting over holy land. Yeah, that's the, the fucking the most horseshit. Yeah. I, I don't think the modern day conflicts really rely on that anymore. It, that's just how it started. I think it's the lie they get poor religious fanatics to go fight and die for. Ah, uh, yeah, true. But it's really about land and power, right? I, I figured. I figured it's like I pictured the entire situation over there to be like, you know, a couple thousand years ago or whatever. The neighbor put a new fence up and it was just over the property line and it was like, hey, this is bullshit. And they were like, well, what are you going to do about it? And then like that neighbor, you know, the, the person who's, you know, the fence was on their property line. They went over and they, you know, like uh, threw some eggs at the house or something. And then like just years later of trivial bullshit over nothing. It's like, what, what's the fuck's even going on here anymore? I think it's a bit more nuanced. It's a little more, a little more nuanced than that. <laughs> you don't think it's just a little neighborly uh, quarrel? It's like, it's actually one of the saddest places on earth because it's (laughs) two groups of people that have just massacred and persecuted each other forever it's so fucked super fucked (laughs) absolute clown world shit it is you feel bad no no not that bad but it's just sad weird world yep war is uh war is uh it's pretty pretty fucking wild and that's why we are uh continuing our war with the hard men podcast absolutely i think by the time this episode drops we may have already covered the, the third hard men episode but we're gonna keep chugging through their bullshit i want to cover some of the new episodes but we gotta build up our case against them chronologically dude it's just so wild how much he enjoys talking about dude's dicks. <laughs> he actually thinks to be a hard, strong Christian man in the modern world, your dick should be hard at all times. <laughs> or else you're a soft man. It's just so fucking funny. He's, uh, you know, he's got that Viagra on, uh, oh. crushed up in his pocket. If you're ever looking for a good drug dealer. <laughs> Maybe not Say a, their name and phone number. MJ at 513-675-57. I still remember all the old numbers because I'd break so many of my fucking phones. I'd have to remember the numbers. There's like 18 MJs, Mike Jones. Mike Jones. That sell crack and heroin in Cincinnati. <laughs> but one of the best questions to weeding out to try to find a good drug dealer is if 
they sell Viagra. And if they do, then they're a good drug dealer? Yeah. Because if they do, they tend to be smart. Mm. That's the thing. They diversify. So they likely got multiple connects. And they're smart because Viagra is low prison time, comparatively. And they're buying these generics cheap as fuck, but they can sell them on the street for 20 bucks a pop. Oh, shit. Easy. And old people will hit for 40 bucks a pop if they need them. So even though you might not sell that much, a good dealer often has Viagra ready on the side. Because mm. it's a nice sexual stim for people, especially when other drugs can fuck your dick up sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll randomly be able to sell some here and there. But with the low risk and high profit margins, can really make it worthwhile. It's just easy money. So if you're trying to find decent dealers, it could be an insightful question to ask. Just a little window into how they operate. <laughs> Good to know. I'll keep that in mind next time. I'm, I'm telling the you. the dispensary. It's classy. <laughs> Buying my drugs. <laughs> I've never been to a weed shop still. I don't think I'd like they're, it. They're cool. There, there are some of them that are kind of pushy and salesy, but they're. I think it's fun, especially when you get a laid back one you can walk into and just like, they're like, let me know if you need, you know, want to huff one of them or like what? It's <laughs> just live honey resin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the living wax and shit are pretty wild. I, I haven't really seen cool shit. any dispensary shit. I'm just a little street urchin, little street hey, cat. Hey, we'll go. We'll go when you come up here. We'll just we'll we'll go to see. I'll give you the experience. I wouldn't want to. You don't want to. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. Okay. Uh, okay, that's fair. Like I'd want to, <laughs> but I just feel shittier after. Gotcha. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, it's just <laughs> take a, take a drug addict to a fucking dispensary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm around people smoking or using, and it doesn't bother me that much but going to a store just to see the coolest weed shit ever yeah i'd just be like this is a bummer that's fair <laughs> there is a, yeah there, there is definitely that feeling of like when i go to one usually it's like i'm buying stuff to make like cookies or something mm. but i get to look and it's like man i should smoke more weed <laughs> i should do this all the time <laughs> This shit looks pretty. Yeah, this is like fucking, I should spend all my money here. <laughs> Fuck groceries. Got that Zaza from Gaza. <laughs> Got that Zaza from Gaza. Them J-Cats really be hopping <laughs> off the pole. <laughs> dude. <laughs> I've been saying that all fucking day, dude. <laughs> it's just so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, that's a podcast. All right. Well, I think we figured everything out. <laughs> that's uh, another manifesto. I think that's two or three. We're uh, <laughs> getting on the watch lists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One manifesto at a time. We're, uh, we weren't before. Boy, I'm just, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Where's the FBI headquarters? We should figure that out with our algorithm stuff of like, where where are the listenings coming coming from? I have one cousin that's an FBI agent, and I hope by chance that she's the one who catches me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you should definitely ask. Like, hey, are they listening? Hit me up, cuz. Do you guys listen to us, bro? Our plays are so low. If the FBI starts listening, our plays would be boosted. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair. We're gonna get there. Yeah, the trash cats might be down. But we're not out. 
like kittens and cockroaches yeah we're hard to kill we're, we're down in the trash where we like it yeah them cats really be hopping off the porch <laughs> Thanks again for listening, everybody. Thank you to Approaching Human for the use of his music. You can find his work on SoundCloud at Approaching-Human. Thanks, John. Make sure to check out the show page at Trash Cats Trashcast on Instagram for news and art from the show. Check out Facebook for the memes. For the memes. YouTube coming soon. If you're super bored, you can check out my trashy art on Instagram at SkyZix, S-K-Y-Z-A-C-X. Something will be up there one of these days when I figure some shit out. Um... Just uh, appreciate you guys. Appreciate you sticking around and listening to us. Steven's extended shower thoughts. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be all for us today. Stay classy, eat trashy. Go fast, eat trash.